On this episode, how I rickrolled myself, a possible cure, and fat bikes for MS. Stick around. My guests on this uh, on this episode uh, will be talking about a really cool event that's coming up here in Edmonton on February the 14th uh, called Fat Bikes for MS. Uh, we'll get into that uh, when the interview starts. Uh, but first, I want to talk about something that happened to me last week. Uh, just before Christmas, I, I signed up for a free trial of Apple Music. And if you're not familiar, it's, it's similar to Spotify or Google, Google Music and all these sorts of uh, streaming services are out there. You basically can listen to any song you want whenever you want, and you just, instead of downloading an MP3 through iTunes or whatever service you were using, you uh, you just have it by subscription, but you just pay monthly forever, and then you have it. And they have different music stations on there, like radio stations and, and that sort of thing. And I, uh, you know, sometimes I'll just let it, pick music for me or I'll put it on one of the, the radio stations and um, in my car it you know runs from my phone through the Bluetooth Bluetooth through the speakers and uh, the other day I was going to the track at service place to, to do some to do some running um, and I was uh, you know I'm not proud to admit it but it, it, it's true I was one of the songs that came on at random was uh, uh, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice so, and this is where I'm not proud of it, but I, you know, I cranked it. <laughs> and just before I, I, uh, I got into the parking lot, the, the song changed. And the song changed to um, Rick Astley, I'm Never Gonna Give You Up. And it was still cranked, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know if it registered with me uh, or not. And... Uh, so I pull in and I've got never gonna give you up. Just, I mean, it was loud. Uh, and uh, there was a couple of young guys standing there. They just got out of the car. They were about to go in. And these guys are probably I don't know, 16, 17, 18 years old, something like that. And of course, I pull up and park. And for some reason, it didn't even occur to me uh, that this song was uh, blaring out of my car. Um, but then I parked and I realized it and I thought, oh boy. And uh, so I got out of the car and uh, I could see these young guys kind of looking at me and I thought, yeah, what are you going to do, you know? Um, and so that's how I rickrolled myself. If you're not familiar with the term rickroll, um, it's a term where sometimes people will do it on Twitter or uh, on comment boards or something and they'll post a... a, a uh, you know, like a, a tiny URL uh, where they, they say it's for something to do with uh, a news story, a video game, something. Something that it would uh, encourage somebody to click on it, and instead of going to the content the person's expecting, it goes to the YouTube video of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. So I don't know if I'm the only first person in history to have Rickrolled themselves, but uh, I did. And... Uh, you know, I guess you pay the price. I don't know if I should be putting this out there or not, but uh, 
Um, anyway, I thought it was pretty funny, <laughs> so I thought I would share it. Um, now, I think this would be a good point to uh, point out to family members and friends that are listening to this and think that they have a new source of ammo to use uh, against me at, uh, at, 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 at social events. Remember, I'm the one putting this out there. I, I, I am, uh, I'm like the politician who's trying to get ahead of the story. Um, so uh, you can't really make fun of somebody if they have already admitted to it. And I know this means nothing, and you guys are still going to probably, probably be very vicious on me, but uh, just pointing out that uh, I put it out there. I've admitted to my mistake, and, uh, and I'm just going to say for the record, I am not a Rick Astley fan. Uh, I have no problem with the man, but I, I, I'm not a fan. So Another thing I wanted to mention before we get to the interview is uh, there is uh, there was a news story out on the BBC uh, news service uh, almost, uh, almost exactly a week ago, oh, no, a little under a week ago, and they were talking about how a clinic in the UK uh, are, uh, are experiencing some pretty remarkable recovery with some MS patients there and they are using um, a treatment that is normally reserved for cancer treatments and uh, you know the, the day at the morning after this story came out I had an email in my inbox um, obviously from somebody who is, is familiar with my uh, on multiplesclerosis.com website uh, and sent a note uh, well I'll just be honest with you it was a bit, bit of a crazy note I mean basically that uh, you know here we go again Health Canada sucks they'll never realize have this treatment and uh, because you know MS has been cured in the UK and my immediate reaction to that was uh, I went through that back in 2000 Seven two thousand eight, 2008 uh, when the liberation story first broke on I believe it was CTV News uh, that started uh, talking about it and I remember in 2007, 2008 I mean I'd only been diagnosed for uh, not even a year at this point and I had people coming up to me and saying you know congratulations I hear they cured it da, 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 da. and uh, you know friends of mine that obviously that, that knew that I had it well, I mean, here we are, 2006, and I still have it. So, um, you know, whenever I, I hear about something like this, uh, it's not that obviously that I'm not optimistic. I mean, I hope that this, this treatment's for real, and I really hope it's for real for people that are, uh, you know, more severely afflicted than I am, uh, you know, people that have the, um, you know, the, the more serious form than I do. And... Uh, um, so anyway, I did read the, but I actually read the, the BBC article and they did mention that, you know, the people have been being treated with this. It's, it's basically taking uh, stem cells from their hips, their own hip, so it's their own stem cells. Uh, they're basically rebooting the immune system. Um, and lack of a better way, I mean, this is just a quick 100-foot view of what, what they said, but um, what they're basically saying is they're taking the immune system back to a point before the patient had MS. So, uh, for people who for they're out there that are familiar familiar with computers, it's similar to when you have a backup of your of your hard drive. Something goes wonky on your computer, and then they just real rebuild your computer from that that earlier backup. 
before they were a problem. And that sounds like uh, essentially what they're doing here with the immune system. Um, I should point out, and I'll leave a link to the BBC article, uh, to the companion post to this podcast. Um, you know, in the story, they never, uh, at no point did they claim anyone was cured. They just say that they, people are making remarkable recoveries. Um, and it should be noted, I mean, um, you know, part of this treatment is chemotherapy. I mean, this is not, uh, you know, a simple take a pill. I mean, this involves surgery, it involves chemo. Um, and I think, you know, from what I understand from the article, it's only people that have had very severe amounts that have undergone the treatment so far. And, and if it's working for them, that's awesome. And if it um, can be studied further and be found safe, and then maybe it's potentially something that, uh, uh, you know, the rest of us can utilize down the line, hey, <laughs> I'm all for it. I just think it's, um, it's probably early uh, to be calling it a cure. I mean, it's probably, you know, everyone should be cautious because it, like I said, I mean, this, I've, I've been down this, this road and a lot of us have been down this road where we read about, uh, whether it be a diet, a treatment, um, something that apparently somebody's doing. Now, to be fair, uh, this BBC article does seem to seem legit. This does seem to be, um, like real research and real doctors and real scientists that are that are, that are doing this, and I and I hope uh, that that it's that it's true and it's it's accurate and that this is something that uh, um, you know can be help us all um, because wouldn't that be awesome if uh, uh, you know we didn't have to worry about MS anymore? I could go on a podcasting about something else. Uh, uh, we could divert our energies into you know you know the next thing that needs to be cured or the next part of our culture or society that needs to, you know, be fixed. Um, so I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping, but I, I think it's pretty early to be calling it a cure. And I think it's pretty early to, uh, uh, you know, it's just early, uh, bottom line. Um, anyways, what else is going on? Um, I, I have started training in earnest for uh, the really long run to MS in, for 2016. Um, that, of course, goes May the 14th. Uh, this is a bit of a light. Well, it's, it's kind of a lucky this week. I, I, it's weird how things work out. This week was supposed to be a light week. I usually go two hard weeks and one easier week as far as the training goes. But this week I got a bit of a chest cold. So I was even struggling to do shorter runs because obviously, you know, when you're uh, lung capacity is, uh, is down. It's, uh, it's not as easy. So, um, anyway, but it's going, been going well. I've, uh, really feel like I'm months ahead of last year and where I was at the same point in time. Uh, we've started getting the planning together and, and trying to get some sponsorships together. And, um, the, uh, website for this year should be live um, hopefully next week I got to get on the MS Society about that. I mean, obviously the blog's still live and the really, the really long run end MS.ca uh, link is live right now. Um, but it just points to the I Challenge MS page and the do-it-yourself fundraising and uh, doesn't really have a description what's going to happen with the page and we decided this on Wednesday. We had lunch with the uh, MS Society on Wednesday is how it's going to work. Is anybody who's a support runner uh, for the really long run this year 
just like the MS Bike Tour, is going to have their own donation page. So they'll have their own page within the website so that uh, they can direct co-workers, friends, families uh, from their own circle uh, to donate to them specifically uh, for running in the event. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, how, how the, the, well, there's only been one, but how the event worked last year and, and will work this year is uh, I run the whole distance. I run the 80 plus kilometers from Leduc to uh, Camrose. And uh, last year it took about 12 and a half hours. I'm hoping it'll take, you know, hopefully knock on wood, it'll, it'll take uh, 10 hours this year. Um, but, it, but along the way, the support runners, we had people who ran 5K, 10, uh, several who ran 20. Uh, there was a number that ran 40. Um, so any of those runners will have their own page for, for donations. And uh, um, we're not, I don't think we're going to ask for a minimum. Um, uh, I don't think that the event's at that that stage in its life cycle yet where we can you know ask for a minimum um, but there will be a way for for each individual support runner to get their uh, to direct their own people to to donate uh, we're also going to be planning some silent auctions where uh, it's neat this year because we actually well I, I dare say that we know what we're doing but we definitely know more than we did last year going into this thing and uh and we're going to have to work harder this year for the donations. I mean, uh, the economy uh, here in Alberta is, is pretty tough. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are are struggling. So, I mean, I don't think there's near the, the amount of um, uh, donation money that way. But um, I still hope that we, you know, we're still going to work hard and, and, and do the best job we can to, uh, to raise as much money and awareness as uh, possible. Um, for the Amazon Society, because that's at the end of the day, that's that's the big thing. So, um, as always, if anyone's interested in getting involved, being a volunteer, uh, being a support runner, uh, sponsoring, donating, whatever, uh, get a hold of me through my website, uh, ownmultiplesclerosis.com. You can email me at sean s e a n at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. Tweet at me at ownms.com one. Uh, you can search out the event and type in really long run MS and Google. It'll you'll find me. Uh, so um, on the show, and then on now on to the, the important part of the podcast. Uh, my guest on this episode, I have I think this is the first time I've ever interviewed two people at the same time. So uh, my skills are growing. <laughs> um, I have Mike and Molly of the uh, Fat Bike Fat Bikes for MS. Uh, event that's coming up on February the 14th. Um, I believe, my understanding, this is the first year for this event. I think it's fantastic. It's a, uh, a winter bike ride uh, through Edmonton, River, the River Valley, uh, to raise money and awareness for MS. And uh, it's a fantastic idea. Now, now the, the piece that I really don't didn't know a lot about and we talk about in the inter- interview is um, fat bikes. And what are they? Because to be honest with you, I, I'd seen them. And I, you know, I've obviously seen them. I mean, they're every every bike tour. There's there's there seems to be a few people out that that do the bike tour on the fat bikes. Um, 
but before talking to, to Mike and Molly, they, I just thought that they were a novelty. I didn't actually know that people used them to trail ride in the wintertime. And um, I think that's fantastic. And uh, uh, I think I'm going to start saving my pennies because that sounds like a really good way to uh, exercise in the wintertime because I know, obviously, with doing the running, I'm stuck on an indoor track, and that's... Um, it's monotonous and it's boring and it's not outside. You're not in the fresh air. You're not in the sunlight. And I think that uh, um, getting out there and doing something like fat bike, I, mean, I think it's I think it's brilliant. Um, so we we talk about that. We talk about um, how the event came to be and what their relationship to MS is. So I think it's uh, I really hope that people listening to this. Um, sign up for the event, support the event, um, and get out there and try something new. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you listening right now uh, aren't 100% sure what a fat bike is. Um, we're probably like me and not sh- didn't know that people uh, did trail riding in the wintertime and that it was possible to do it on that sort of bike. Um, so I think if, you know, if you're listening and, and, you, and if, you know, you have you know and and you want to try it i mean what a pause what a positive way to try something not only try some try a new sport but try it in support of uh your community because i mean if you're listening to this odds are you either have ms or you are directly uh you have a direct relationship with the disease so why not give something new something new a try that's not only positive for the ms community but positive for yourself you're getting out there fresh air exercise and you'll hear for the interview that's coming up here in about a minute um that it sounds like a fantastic event and they this is pointed out in the interview but uh even if you you know you just want to ride your own bike they've they've accounted for that um so so uh have a listen to the interview and and support the hell out of this thing um because it's it's an event for us and the more events like this that that we have and that we support and uh, get out for the better the awareness and the better the there's more money going to research there's more people aware of uh of our community and the struggle and uh it's great for us all so have a listen and and please support the event sitting here today with Molly and Michael and they are going to talk about the fat bike for MS uh, that's coming up here in Edmonton and uh, well first off I just want to Molly I'll ask you first and Michael ask you uh, how you came to be involved with fat bikes for MS. My friend Michael here is part of a team called uh, SG Front Forks um, and they ride for the MS Hinton bike tour um, and he asked me to join his team there this year because he knew that I was interested in raising money for the MS Society. Um, and I said yes, and his team was planning this Fat Bikes for MS event, and uh, I'm a big cyclist, so I jumped right on helping him uh, get it organized. So, Michael, how did, you, how did this come about for you? The biggest way to describe how I got involved is uh, a good friend of mine started Fat Bikes for MS, um, and when it turned out that uh, he wasn't going to be able to do it in collaboration with the MS Society as the um, producer, 
the MS Society then approached me as a member of the SG Front Forks to see if it's something that, that we would want to do. Knowing our passion for raising funds and raising awareness and uh, my passion also for fat bikes and bicycling, uh, they definitely saw the link there and uh, the goal is to obviously create as, as big of an event as possible. So um, we're pretty lucky to, to have been approached by them to be able to create something fun and new. Now, um, before we go any further, I have to ask the question because I'm, I'm curious. I'm a mountain biker. I, I mentioned to you guys before I started recording, I am a downhiller. Um, and I also have a regular mountain bike. So what is the deal with fat bikes? It's not something I've tried yet, but what's the, what's the, what draws you to it? What makes it, what makes it special? Fat bikes are, are awesome because they allow you to ride the trails that you would normally ride in the summertime, but in the winter. So every single one of your local trails can be ridden at any point throughout the winter. So if it just snowed buckets of snow, you can head out on your fat bike. You want to commute to work, you can head out on your fat bike. It's just got a wider footprint. Um, you know, it, it grooms the trails, creates, you know, really, really nice riding surfaces for, for other people that are on the trails. But um, my first experience on a fat bike was actually in the desert in, in Nevada at... Uh, the inner bike show and I got to ride a fat bike and I also got to ride a two niner um, stump jumper, specialized stump jumper. And on the fat bike, I, I was keeping up with my buddy who's a way better rider than me. Um, I was able to climb hills. I was able to get up all this stuff. And about halfway through the ride, we switched and I hopped on the, the skinny tired two niner, you know, cool new bike. And I couldn't make it up hills. I, I, I had no traction. I was sucking wind. I was, I was having a horrible ride. Um, and so for me, I was sold from that day forward that a fat bike on crazy inclines, loose terrain. was just really, really fun to ride. So I bought my first one this year in October and haven't looked back. For me, I got my fat bike as an, a way to be able to ride single track during the winter. Um, I'm a year-round bike commuter. So on my commute, I normally just take my regular 29er or, you know, 700cc, depending on the road conditions. Um, but I just could never trail ride. Like, I went on my regular mountain bike trail riding with one of my friends last year. And, I mean, it just, you're falling off the trail all over the place. You're, you know, falling into snowbanks, getting, not getting up anything. So I uh, decided to try a fat bike as a way to just be able to extend my mountain bike season. Um, and it's awesome. Like, it's so much fun. I can't even describe how much fun it is. It's like riding on a giant pillowy cloud. So you guys are saying I should try it is basically what I'm, what I'm getting. Um, Mike, you were mentioning before we started recording, you also have a personal connection to MS. Did you want to elaborate on that at all? Sure. I mean, um, it's been a difficult year, and I get kind of choked up when I talk about it. But, uh, yeah, my wife was diagnosed with MS uh, this last July. Uh, first started exhibiting symptoms in, in early February. Um, we have two kids. And so, uh, you know, the last year has been pretty difficult. And, and I'm pretty brutally honest. And and uh, it's it's been quite difficult. At times it's like being a single parent. Um, at times it's, it's difficult watching your best friend uh, suffer from something that... that for the first, you know, five months, we had no idea what it was, right? And we were told it was clinically isolated syndrome, um, which means that she, she's had some sort of an attack of some kind. And, you know, what's clinically isolated syndrome? It's not recognized by any, um, 
you know, insurance company for long-term disability, you know. So uh, she, she hasn't worked since February. She's on long-term disability now. Three out of seven days a week she spends in bed sleeping. Um, exhaustion is, is her number one uh, symptom. And so personally speaking, I mean, I want to stop it. No, and the, and the reason why I ask you that is because most of the people who listen to this uh, either have MS or have a personal connection to it. Um, and I know that the feedback that I've gotten from other, uh, I want to say MSers, but one of my past guests has always told me to say MS warrior. So uh, that the other MS warriors that listen to this, um, they have a, they take a real catharsis from listening to other people's stories, and they they feel stronger knowing that there's other people out there that support them. Uh, you know, and one of the great things and why I'm so happy to have you guys on to talk about your event is um, two things. I mean, obviously last year I did the run. But after that, um, on my Johnson MS bike team between Leduc and Camrose, for the first time we had another MSer on the team. Sorry, MS warrior on the team. And uh, Dave, who'd been a guest on the show, he's open about his MS. I'm, I'm allowed to use his name. Um, when we rode the first day, uh, him and I basically just talked hockey the whole way. You know, I don't think we, we, we didn't fix the Edmonton Oilers, but we, we certainly talked about it a lot. Uh, but when we got there, there's the big sort of party at night. So he walks in and there's, you know, 2,000 people in this exhibition center. And he got teared up. And what he had said to me at that moment was, it was so nice to feel that support. So that's why I'm happy to, to talk to you guys about your event, because it, you need to understand how impactful that can be for other you know, it's great for your wife, but it's also great for other people with MS, right? To know there's people out there willing to spend their time and their energy to support them and to support their struggle. Because we, like you just said, we'd all like to not have it anymore. But switching gears, why don't we talk about Fat Bikes for MS? Like, what, so somebody signs up, what do they expect? What's going to happen? How's it going to unfold? One of the reasons um, Fat Bikes are so popular is because you can take them anywhere, anywhere and, and uh, everywhere. The course is designed to give you a beautiful view of our river valley. Uh, so we're going to start off in Dawson Park, um, and then we're going to head over into uh, Capilano Park and uh, head back towards Riverside uh, Golf Country Club via the single track trails that climb up into there. And then currently under discussion is whether we're going to elongate a little bit more. We've ran into a little bit of a headway in that the Nordic Ski Club isn't supporting our course in Gold Bar. Uh, we did map out a really awesome route, including Gold Bar and Rental Park. Recently just got told by the city that we're going to have to pull out of that area. So we're doing a little bit of a redesign in the course, but the, the main part is still kind of locked in with Dawson Park to Capilano, Riverside, and then back to Dawson. And right now we're working with the city of Edmonton to be able to include Forest Heights and Riverdale. So pretty excited about that. But the, the whole point of the fat bike ride is to provide a challenge. So we have three routes designed. There's a... A single track, or not a single track, a skinny tire um, paved gravel path course. There's a standard course that'll take you up a little bit of in a single track and then back down into the paved trails, essentially trying to maintain as much of a trail ride feel as possible. And then there's the challenge course where we've got a bunch of climbs, we've got some expert level single track involved to be able to take people so that they experience a challenge. Right. One of the conditions of an MS Society event is that it has to be a challenge. It has to replicate in some way, shape, or form what 
an MS survivor goes through on a regular basis, right? You know, for some people, it's, it's a challenge to pick up your phone and send a text message. For some people, you know, you're, you're stuck in a wheelchair, you're exhausted, there's a symptom after symptom after symptom can be described as a challenge, an everyday challenge. And what we want to do is we want to take people on something that we love, which is fat bikes, into a place that we love, the River Valley, and we want to challenge them and, and get them to experience a fun, supported ride because it's a community. And we want to bring everybody together and, and challenge them and, and get them out and just have a good, fun time. I just want to touch on something you said um, when, you, when you talk about a community. Again, I don't want to try and talk about my run. It's just one of the things you said about community. One thing I noticed last year because we, we'd never put on it. I'd never put on an event in my life, right? Um, but after being running on the side of a highway for 12 hours and various people coming in and off, um, and some of these people I had only met once or never, you know, um, by the end of the day, you did feel this wonderful sense of community. And everyone, and the great thing about starting an event like this, everyone that, that did it last year that I've already approached has said, yeah, I'm in. And I can see that happening here, right? Because it's... Everyone's going out for a common goal, and it's not you're not you're not racing to the finish line. You're just going out to hey, uh, create awareness, r- raise some money, have some fun, um, and do something cool. Now, so, but you did say something that because I, I know I asked Molly this uh, as we were communicating back and forth. If somebody doesn't have a fat bike, they don't necessarily have to. That you said there was a, some part of the course where they can ride just a regular mountain bike, or yeah. So. Um, would a mountain bike work here? Just talk about that a little bit. Because I know some people are going to say, well, I don't have a fat bike. So, so I mean, the course is designed to be to showcase fat bikes. Um, we own fat bikes. We love fat bikes. Fat bikes offer so much more in the wintertime that a mountain bike can't. Um, but we also want this to be inclusive, right? The thing about um, everything about the MS Society, um, the MS Clinic, um, you know, my wife with MS, her friends with MS. Once you tell people you have MS, there is that community, and everybody's involved, and everybody's. It, it, it's a it's a tight knit community. I feel that that really supports each other. So why would we want to create something that wasn't inclusive? So, of course, we found a way to include our our mountain biking friends, even on skinny tires, which is still funny to call a mountain bike skinny tires. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna have a route. The only thing is, we do have to keep them off the groomed fat bike trails because a skinny tire will wreck that trail. So we're going to keep them on to some of the, the standard course and on the gravel and paved routes. And now that we don't have to worry about the Nordic Ski Club, maybe we can do a little bit more as well. Is there any chance you're going to add part of the course for uh, us downhillers? That, <laughs> is there going to be like, you know, like a tow rope or something that, that I can use? No? Um, so when does the event go? How, does, how do people sign up? So the event's on February 14th, uh, Valentine's Day, which is a really great way to start your Valentine's Day, just if anyone's looking for date ideas. Um, 10 o'clock in the morning at Dawson Park. Um, and you can register just on the Eventbrite page. You can look up Fat Bikes for MS. And I believe there's a link on Revolution Cycles webpage too, if I'm correct. So just go register that way. It's all online, easy to do, quick. If we could, um, I mean, we'll throw a shout out to our sponsors. Right, so I mean, here's a great spot to do it. Revolution Cycle, I mean, is hugely supportive, um, supporting me getting the the event off the ground. And then uh, our friend Travis Horlick, who started the SG Front Forks. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't think that I would actually be here, being in, as involved as I am, without the support of of him and the rest of the team. 
um, and being able to, to help recruit people that way. So, so the fundraising aspect, like if, if people sign up, um, you know, I know with the bike tour, there's an individual page, they, they raise funds that way. Is there a minimum they have to raise? Is it just the registration fee? How does the fundraising component work? We're now advertising a direct donation link that you can donate straight to our, our MS event. Um, so it's via the iChallenge website. So if you look up SG Front Forks, you'll be able to find us, or Fat Bikes for MS. Um, but it's really just the registration fee and then maybe one or two Z donations at the, uh, at the event itself. The MS Society would love it if we had 100 people raising $300 per person and them going out and getting their own fundraising. We had such a short timeline for getting this off the ground that really we just wanted to make sure it was still inclusive. We didn't want to set too hard of a bar to get people out because, again, it's our first year. So next year we might look at more of a fundraising aspect in that regards. Or, you know, if this is hugely successful, then we'll just keep it low so that we can get more people involved. Now, this this is kind of a selfish question, but, uh, well, not, I don't think it's really selfish, but um, when I get my team shirts made up for my run, do you guys have a logo for this event that I can you can email me that I can s stick on the team shirt? Because um, I... Any 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 MS fundraiser, I love to just cross promote the hell out of these things because they're important, right? It'd be another place to shout out. We had a really awesome gentleman, uh, Greg McIntyre, uh, who's a huge cycling advocate in St. Albert. Uh, he helped uh, redesign the logo for the SG Front Forks, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I got to send a, a huge thank you to him because it's a beautiful design. I mean, part of the reason I like fat biking, and I've been on quite a number of group rides this year. It's it, it, it's the same thing as what I've been talking about with the MS ride is it's a very inclusive and it's no different than the mountain biking community or the biking community itself and we're all there to support each other so when you go out on a group ride you know everybody's got this fear that you join somebody's group ride and, and they're not gonna wait for you or, or you're slowing the group down or they're a bunch of biking snobs and they've got really expensive bikes and and you're not welcome to ride with them but everybody I've ever gone for a bike ride you know is is so welcoming they cycling can be such a social thing even though it's such an individually driven sport it, it's so much more social than than it appears to be right it's not a team sport unless you're looking at road racing with you know and they're kind of weird in that way but um but yeah like you know you're stopping every five minutes to discuss how cool that little trail was you know after most rides guys will stop for beers and chat about the ride and, and joke and chide each other a little bit about, you know, like, you know, my, my buddy Glenn falling into the river the other day. That was really funny. Love you, Glenn. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's really inclusive. It's a community. It's supportive. You know, after a ride, you've always got somebody willing to help you. You break down on the trail. There's always somebody there to help you, offer you a tool, be able to help out. So, I find it such a great tie to get cycling and an event like this together. I just want to add to what Michael was saying, just because um, as a girl in the mountain biking community and in the cycling community really, but especially the mountain biking community, um, there's not a lot of us. There's more of us now, but there's definitely not, it's, it's just low ratio. Um, and I just want to kind of put a shout out that uh, if you're a girl and you want to come to this ride, you should totally do it. It's super fun. There's lots of support for you. and. Uh, yeah, it's not just a boys club. You don't have to keep up with the boys. You just go at your own pace, and everyone's super supportive. One, one last question. Um, if somebody wanted to rent a fat bike for the day, is that possible? Good shout-out. So, yeah, Revolution Cycle uh, does rent fat bikes. 
there are a couple other places in town that rent fat bikes as well. You know, their bikes aren't quite as nice as Revolution Cycles. You know, ours has a sticker that says Revolution Cycle. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know. So we are offering a discount if you are renting for fat bikes for MS. You'll get a 10% discount. Um, we have a few other places that are donating a couple extra bikes for us to be able to provide that service. Um, we'll have some extra bikes on site for people to try. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many fat bikes available. I know shops are... Some of them are throwing them down at 30% off right now, below cost. Um, so it's a, we really want fat bikes to take off in the city, and I think this is one of the things that, that will help because it, it's such a fun sport. It just needs, it's like any new sport, it just needs to be accepted by the rest of the community. Just, I'm just out of curiosity because I'm sure people listening to this are going are to wonder, okay, so I can rent one, um, but what if I wanted to buy one? Like what is a... What is a fat, like a basic, not your top of the line, but just your basic entry-level fat bike. What is that, how much does that run roughly? So, I mean, different manufacturers offer different fat bikes. So, I mean, you can buy a fat bike at Walmart for four or $500, right? You, you're buying a Walmart bike in the end. Um, I think the base level price is $1,200 pretty much across the board, whether you're buying at Revolution, United, Western, Hardcore, Red Bike, any of the uh, pedal head. Any of the shops in town, uh, 1200 will get you into it. Um, there's still, because it's such a new thing, I like to call it a fat bike tax or a fat tax. Um, uh, tires are still really expensive. I, I convinced Molly to get a pair of studded tires, and I, they're $380 for one studded tire. For one? One studded tire. Um, but it works. Uh, that's the five inch, right? That's that's the cat's ass of. Sorry, pardon my language. Cat's uh, meow. Ass is allowed on TV, so this is fun. Cat's ass of uh, fat tires, um, but there's still accessories that are, are new, and you're still paying for those production costs. So to get into fat bikes, you're looking really at a, a mid-level bike. You're looking at about two grand to three grand, depending on on what you're looking out of it, um, and then your tires. If you're going to get winter tires. You know, your pogies, if you want some hand warmers. Um, you're looking at winter boots, so you can go flat pedals or you can go clip-ins. Every manufacturer is jumping on board. So, I mean, last year I think there was three suppliers for tires. This year there's ten. Yeah, so we've got ten. You know, every manufacturer has now come out with a winter boot of some kind. You know, they all want to jump on board because they see this market taking off. Alberta is a bit of an anomaly. We got, well, up until... Notley took over. We have lots of money. I'm just kidding. I really like Notley. Um, but, yeah, everybody likes to blame her. Um, but, yeah, so until the oil prices uh, dropped and everybody lost their jobs and can't afford anything anymore in Alberta, you know, we had lots of money here and people were buying bikes like crazy um, and especially fat bikes. So, you know, it is still a toy. It's fun. But uh, they're coming down in price. You know, when they first came out, they were about two grand, and now you're, you can get into them for 1000 1200 bucks. And, uh, yeah, they'll just continue getting better and more diverse and more manufacturers jump on, the cheaper they'll get and the more um, competitive the market will become and you'll get better products. Now, okay, with a, with a, with a, with a fat bike, I'm just, I'm really curious about, to be honest, you, you've, you've piqued my curiosity because um, I have a regular and a downhill, no fat bike. My wife's going to listen to this and she's going to, oh, God, he's going to, because odds are I'm probably going to end up buying one at some point. Sorry, honey, but um, the gearing on, is it the same as a regular mountain bike? It, so three sprockets on the front? No? 
you've been out of the game for a while. So most trail bikes um, right now are, are moving toward, like especially the higher ends, are going to a one by ten system. Uh, what do you have on yours, Molly? Fat bike. Yeah. My fat bike's a two. So she's got a two by ten on hers. Um, two by ten gives you the widest ratio now, but almost no bike comes with three chain rings anymore. That's pretty much gone. Yeah. So you either get a two by ten or a one by eleven. Um, you, you'll even see some bikes with a one by ten system on it. Hydraulic disc brakes are the key. So. Yeah, except you, you're looking at about seventeen to $1,800 to get into a hydraulic disc brake system. Um, otherwise, everything else is mechanical. That's on a fat bike system, which is, and this is where we talk about the fat tax, right? So a mountain bike with the same Grupo that's showing up on a $1,200 mountain bike will be a $700, or a $1,200 fat bike will be a $700 mountain bike. A $1,200 mountain bike would be a two grand fat bike. So just for the same group of and, and part of that's tax, part of that's, or I mean, uh, tires. Uh, you've got your, your new hub standards. Uh, you know, the industry's still trying to figure itself out, but yeah. yeah. In fairness to me, I'd, I've never actually shifted gears on my downhill bike. You get off the gondola, you go, I just stand on the pedals. I don't know if I've ever turned the crank, so. Um, we do have a, we now actually in the store have a, a fat e-bike which has a motor in the front wheel and the back wheel, and will take you up to 32 kilometers an hour. That sounds like my mom's speed right there. Because that bike that we're riding on the bike to her, she complains about it every year. I can tell her you can buy a bike that has a motor on it. Uh, I did verify this because, actually, we got my wife uh, an e-bike this year. Um, the MS Society is allowing e-bikes to enter their... I got approval for MS Hinton. I don't know about uh, the MS Leduc Camaros, but e-bikes yeah so i mean if you've got ms and you just don't have the ability to keep up anymore that's where an e-bike comes in so yeah i'm, I'm really excited because my wife uh we joke about it now i mean we still have to get her health back up to where it should be but um we're hopefully going to have her ride on her e-bike at the ms hinton this year I actually demoed an e-assist bike for Michael this summer, and uh, I think that if you are a person who, you know, with MS who uh, still wants to remain active but just doesn't have just quite the same amount of go as you once did, the e-assist bikes are a really good way to go because they just assist you. You're still pedaling, but they're giving you that extra umph to keep going and get up the hill, and so that's another great kind of um, field leveler. That's out there now too. I just need to find an e-assist running shoe. That would be, that would be helpful. Um, now, before we cut this off again, you know, any final thoughts? Anything you want people to know? Uh, give me your final thoughts. So my big thing is, um, I, I say I, but we, me, my wife, we can't do this without a team, and so, and without the support of our community. So. Like, I just want to say thank you to everybody that, that comes out and is willing to help and volunteer and ride and, and just support us in some way, shape, or form. Like, it, it's pretty cool to have people come together, but just to say thank you. Um, I'm going to second Michael's thank you. Um, I just want to thank everyone who's coming out, and, you know, maybe we'll get some more people to come out because of this podcast. Um, and just, you know, come out. It doesn't matter if you do the skinny tire course or the challenge course or do two and a half kilometers and turn around and go back to the to the park and wait for the rest of them just you know come on out just feel the support that uh, the community has to offer and you know have fun that's the main thing just have fun well my final thought just i mean i really appreciate you guys taking the time to to meet with me to do this uh 
like I said, I think it's really important to get the word out about it as much of this stuff as possible. And um, unfortunately, uh, you know, media doesn't always pick up on this stuff unless it gets to a certain critical mass uh, where they had, they're almost forced to to report about it. Um, but that's the great thing about the age that we live in. We can do stuff like this, and we can kind of target you know the people to see it because I think it's. I think what you guys are doing great, having an MS event in winter uh, is awesome because it keeps the awareness up throughout the year because uh, you're right, it kind of it, it lulls in the wintertime because nobody is out there doing stuff. And What's piqued my interest about uh, fat bikes is I never really thought about winter cycling, so I think that's I think it's really cool. So, um, One last thing before I, uh, before I say goodbye, is there any Twitter accounts, Facebook accounts, website, any of that kind of stuff you guys want to mention? My Twitter handle is at Molly underscore MacD, um, and I'm pretty frequently tweeting updates about it, so that's one place to kind of check out. And lots of bike tweets if you're interested in bikes. Uh, Rev Revolution Cycle is uh, at RevCycleEDM. Uh, we also have a SG Front Forks Facebook page, um, currently just being redesigned a little bit. And then we have, I mean, we've attacked every possible group that we have on, uh, that we have access to on Facebook. We'd love more links to be able to share that. So whether you hit Molly MacD on, on Twitter, RevCycle EDM on Twitter, uh, either of us on, on Facebook or our Facebook pages, um, we're always open to feedback on how to get it better. And if you've got somebody who's got a link into to some sort of person who has high influence, you know, We'll gladly meet with them to talk to them about the event. Okay, once again, thanks, guys, for doing this, and uh, I hope everything goes awesome. I think it's, it sounds like it's going to, so thank you. So that was uh, Mike and Molly uh, for the Fat Bikes for MS event that's coming up on February 14th here in Edmonton. Uh, if it wasn't clear, uh, if the audio wasn't clear from the interview, um, you can you can sign up for the event on eventbrite.ca, e-v-e-n-t-b-r-i-t-e dot c-a. Go on there, search for Fat Bikes for MS. Uh, you'll find the event. You'll be able to sign up. And you know, as Michael mentioned. Um, He's got bikes for you know fat bikes for rent at Revolution Revolution Cycle, uh, and I really really hope that uh, uh, everyone gets out there and, and supports the event because um, I think it's great. Uh, that's it for the podcast uh, this time. Uh, my next podcast I'll be having an interview with another MS warrior, and uh, so check that one out. As always, if you want to get a hold of me, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, um, you got something to say about anything we talked about, you can always leave a comment on the associated post with the podcast on, on the website. You can uh, tweet at me at, at ownms.com1. You can email me at Sean, S-E-A-N, at ownmultiplesclerosis.com and as always if you're interested in uh, being part of the really long run for MS or you want to be part of my Johnson MS bike team uh, please get a hold of me and uh, and uh, there'll be another podcast up in a few weeks thanks mm -hmm.